Okay, a little Saucer Life mini thing here. Maybe not so many lengthwise, but we've got some interviews and conversation between me and the uh, the cast members of our Children of Agalon holiday special drama thing. So if you liked that, if you enjoyed that, and you want to hear a little bit of background about what went into this, this is for you. So we're going to start off with my conversation with the saucer wife and her conversation with me about uh, all of this. Uh, then we'll be talking to Samantha Engel, who's my co-host over on Great Lakes Lore. And then finally, longtime Chizo associate Simpson J. Hanover Third, with some revelations into the deep history of Chizo media going back oh, decades. So let's get started. Okay, we are here with the saucer wife who played Salveriana or Salveriana. Yes, yeah, Salveriana. It's been a while since I've said the word Salveriana or Sally in uh, the Children of Agalon. Um, saucer wife, what was your first reaction when I told you what I was planning? Uh, my first reaction would have, or was, uh, I wondered how much time that this actually took you to do. Um, yeah. Well, I think I told you about it before I actually started any of the work, right? No. No, I don't believe so. No. No. So you wondered how much time I'd put into this instead of doing... Various household duties, your job... You know, those important things. You know, nobody nobody who pays me had any question about whether I was doing my job or not. So okay. So I you know, it, it did take it did take a little bit of time. Um what acting experience do you bring did you bring to this production? Um when I was in uh third, fourth, and fifth grade, I starred in our church's pr- Christmas productions. Um I also was a cast member briefly for a production of South Pacific at a local high school. Uh, when I found out I was just going to be a member of the, in quotes, it, was, it wasn't a chorus or something. Chorus, yeah. Chorus, and I would have no actual part. Um, I, I quickly um, grew tired of that. So you're, you're basically just a diva. Yes. Wow. That, wow, South Pacific, really? Yes. Wow. Not good enough for a real part, huh? Well, I was a freshman. Oh, that, that, that makes sense. Um, okay, so, so quite a bit of acting experience then. Um, it, 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 not, not too different from, from other members of, uh, of, of the cast. Maybe, I think probably a little more than me, a little less than Samantha and, and Simpson really didn't have any acting background whatsoever. Um, so what, what was your impression of the character of, of let's just call her Sally? Uh, this was about six months ago. Yeah, I know. It's, it's when I um, encountered the character. So a lot has happened in six months. So um, I guess what I could remember is, is that I wanted her to be some sort of um, femme fatale. Okay. Okay. 
And did that come through in the script for you? Or is this the impression you got of her from the script? Or is this just something you wanted to play? Something that I really wanted to play. And and I feel like it, you know, it was typecasting for me. I feel like when you um, developed this character, you were, you were purely thinking of me. I, w- I was actually, I, I wrote her with, with you in mind. Yes. Yep. I, I wasn't thinking femme fatale um, because you're not really that deadly, but um, long suffering person who answers to a moron. Y- you've, I- I've seen you in that. Position. Yes. There's been several times in my life that I have been in, in those circumstances. Not, not working on the show though, right? Correct. Okay. <laughs> so want to make that clear. She, I do not consider the saucer wife to be my employee in any way. Um, yeah. So, so you, you saw a lot of yourself in her. Yeah. Okay. What did you think of the Owen character that you failed to fall in love with so spectacularly? Uh, he really was quite dopey, wasn't he? He, uh, he was kind of dopey. Um, dopey, easy, easily manipulated, sort of needing to be sort of guided by a succession of strong women. Yeah. Do you feel like the character of Owen was based on you in, in any, any way? I don't, I don't think so. I, maybe a little bit, but I don't think I've ever been dopey to that extent. That was sort of an extreme, ooh, golly, uh, sort of level of Gomer Pyle dopiness. There's a there's an up to date reference for you kids out there, Gomer Pyle. What was I think? What was the um, the the funniest moment or or a fun moment you remember from one of the sessions where we had the whole cast here in the studio? Um, I think for me, it would have been when um, Simpson was doing, and I can't remember the character's name, forgive me, um, but he has to use this very, very deep voice. Oh, Mr. Gallipoli, yes. Yes, and um, S- Samantha was not expecting it at all. Um, so as soon as he started speaking, um, we just all started laughing. Yes. Uh, listeners, We I didn't know she was going to say that, but I do have that scene isolated and pulled out and you can share in our uh, in our merriment Gallipoli here talk quickly <laughs> is that a surprise <laughs> I know but it was so funny <laughs> I was like don't don't do it <laughs> I think now that I've heard your your regular speaking voice, <laughs> yeah, it made it. <laughs> okay, so thank you for your um, for your insight about that. Do you? What did you think about Simpson's other character, the the Elon character, your boss, Sally's boss? Um, I I've worked for a couple of people. Um, that remind that I uh, remind me a lot of the, that character. Tell us who and what company that were. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe that I'm I'm not going to answer that. Okay, that's that's probably a a good uh, a, a good idea. But I just I, I, I like this this notion of um, just just this guy who's who's basically working out the time until he retires, doing the bare 
bare minimum and not caring at all. Um, not an attitude I identify with at all in any way. It's too long until I can retire. I can't I say you're much too young to have that attitude. Well, that's very kind of you to say. Um, so do you have any questions for me? Uh, what was your inspiration for all of this? Okay, so this all started as a project about 18 years ago. You you wouldn't have noticed because you were at work all the time and I was uh, a little underemployed early in our not unemployed underemployed early in our marriage. I had I had you know some random afternoons where I, I didn't have much else to do. So this all started off as a, a sort of novel about a contactee cult that was, I found like one of the outlines that I worked on, you know, this spring when I started working on this. And here's the thing. It was so serious. It was a very serious sort of, you know, dramatic work. And I realized very quickly that, that one, I do not have the, uh, the talent to, to write a, a, a serious dramatic work. And two, I do not have the attention span to write a novel. And so I was like, but I, yeah, still, there, there could be some humor here. There could be something funny in here. And um, I sort of offhand mentioned to Sam that oh, I could turn into like a, a audio drama for the podcast. And she was like, that's a really good idea. That would be a lot of fun. And, you know, you and I have done various skit things on the podcast, but nothing that was close to like the hour that this was. So, you know, the audience had, had not left in droves after we had done those things before. And, you know, I'm always looking for ways to drive, drive the uh, audience away. So I thought, you know, you're interested. Sam's interested. Simpson was going to be up here for a week in the summer and basically had nowhere else to go. So we could rope him into this. So it was like, Oh yeah. So yeah, just sort of came out of the idea about something about a contact e-cult would be fun to do do you think there will be like a second chapter to this or a or a sequel well um i don't know it, it would be we, we kind of wrapped up this story with everybody sort of doing you know what they're doing you know years in the future um i, I would like to to revisit rosalind's contacty sweatshop um, child labor sweatshop. And I think that could be fun. Um, Sally working a desk job, you know, sort of troubleshooting reports. I don't know. I'm not sure if there's anywhere for the story to go, but I have a feeling there, there, there might be more stuff like this in the future. I don't know. This was, I did, I was not expecting this to be as lengthy as it was, as I was putting everything together, I was like, Oh my gosh, 56 minutes. Yes. And what, let's talk about the scenes that just, disappeared scenes the several scenes that we recorded here in the studio in july uh yeah, that july. um when i went to edit them a couple months later no longer existed because i uh, was i was acting as my own recording engineer and i failed to save some things so um luckily through the magic of technology, we did not have to have everybody come back to the uh, to the studio. Which which um, just kind of triggered something, a thought for me. We just watched Manos. The Hands, Hands of, of Fate. Fate. Last evening. Yes. And. 
is this my Manos, The Hands of Fate? Is that because the gentleman who wrote it, correct? Who wrote the script Uh also starred in it? Starred is is maybe an overstatement, but he was in it, yes. Didn't he direct it as well? Yes. Didn't you, I mean, star? Yes. Didn't you write? Actually, I would, I would say that, that my character was probably the most minor character uh, in the whole thing. So I, okay. I wouldn't say star. Okay. Did you act in I, this? I, I did. Did you write this? Yes. Did you produce it? I did. Did you direct it? I did. Darling? This is your Manos. I know. This is my man. This is my plan nine from outer space, isn't it? I'm like Ed Wood. Um, what was the Mystery Science Theater line? Poor Dope wasn't smart enough to spread the blame around. Um, yeah. Um, it is. And, and you know what? If this is my Manos, if this is my plan nine from outer space, complete with making of documentary um, released afterwards in a very sort of pretentious way, um, honestly, I'm fine with that. And... I, I think, you know, we'll leave it up to to posterity to to sort of see. I think it'd be interesting, possibly, then, if if a listener would would then riff this. I, don't don't give these people any ideas. I the, the, my, my listeners are brilliant, but cruel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know that that's I. I, I don't think I, I don't I guess it's riffable yeah um anything's riffable so yeah I don't I thought it was I, I thought in in summary I thought we had a pretty fun time working on it um I had a fun time working on it I um the editing was grueling which is why this was supposed to come out in the summer everybody um and then it's like oh you know I can can you know bring it out in the fall and then it was like oh gosh okay it's the holiday special because i don't have time to get to this so here it is um so thank you saucer wife for uh for answering some questions and for asking some questions and for appearing in the uh in the children of agalon um yeah okay yeah it was just another one of your crazy ideas I do seem to have a lot of them, don't I? This yeah. one didn't involve money, so. Well, I had to buy some new microphones or some extra microphones. You also bought wings. I bought wings. Yeah, we had to buy wings for, for everybody. But, uh, you know, that was, that was okay. <laughs> that was fun. All right. So, Samantha. Mm-hmm. Um, what acting experience, what acting background do you have? Are, are you a, an experienced thespian? <laughs> um, I was in drama throughout high school. Um, Little Women and Anne of Green Gables, that kind of thing. But then my senior year, we did Beauty and the Beast, and I was Cogsworth the Clock, which is very proud of. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's um, I haven't really done anything since then, though, other than like church Christmas dramas and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a different sort of thing doing, I, I think, voiceover acting rather than. Uh-huh stage acting I, I did a little bit of stage acting in college and sort of the the audio drama thing it's it's a little different feeling because 
you, you feel like you have to sort of generate these facial expressions and gestures <laughs> that that people are never going to see. Did you find the transition to voice work to be at all difficult or a, or a challenge? Um. Well, I've done some radio interviews for work before. <laughs> um, so, so doing the thing where you just have your voice out there and nothing else um, wasn't terribly new. But yeah, I mean, I noticed that I do different facial expressions and I'm talk with my hands a lot. So, you know, even while I'm doing stuff, they're going. But um, in some ways, I think that still helps you to get into it. You know, so even when we do the podcast, you know, I'm always gesturing (laughs) and doing things and, um, you know, yeah. So I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've found the same thing with with when we when we do Great Lakes lore, we're we're on video when we're not in the studio in person. And it's I catch myself, you know, nodding, you know, and just sort of things that other people know that you're that they're picking up on those those sort of mm-hmm. non uh non-visual mm-hmm. or visual cues not non-visual you're seeing yes. them. so non-verbal <laughs> non-verbal cues so what do you think of Rosalind as a character um i think she however like dishonest she is at times um you know, she's kind of a badass woman trying to <laughs> make a living, um, you know, so she's out doing her thing, kind of a strong female character, a bit of a bully, a little too much of a bully for me. I'm not really like I'm not a bully, so <laughs> that's <laughs> not something I can relate to. Um, but but yeah, she's got a touch of the like she wants to achieve things. <laughs> yeah. And um in the original version of this, and I, I think you saw some of the early, earliest drafts of stuff because you actually you you sort of pushed me to to do this when I was like, mm-hmm. oh gosh, a, a Chizo Media Saucer Life audio drama. That <laughs> seems like something that would be fun, but weird, and I don't know. And you sort of like pushed me to, to do mm-hmm. it a little bit. Originally, she was just a straight-up con artist, carny, yeah. grifter mm-hmm. type. And I think as you Didn't and I you ever talk- robbing a bank or something at first? Yeah, yeah, she was going to like, be robbing Like, she was a- actually, like, leaving in the, like, right after doing something bad. <laughs> yeah, she was she was on the lam and ends yes. up in this little town yeah. and gets and gets pulled in to all this. And I, I think what what we sort of ran into, I think you actually asked is like, why would somebody who's just pulled off a bank heist decide to ghostwrite UFO books? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's, it's <laughs> a really good question. Um, so she became a writer who, a writer with, mm-hmm. you know, questionable ethics yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a, a bit, a bit pushy and a, a, a bit of a bully, but in, 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 the sort of undocumented numinous year this might take place, which is anywhere between like 1961 and 1973 or something. <laughs> um, I think a woman in her position would have to be a little, a little pushy mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and assertive to the point of being, you know, a bully. So, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and Owen, Owen needs to be bullied. He's, he's, a, he's a dope. <laughs> 
another question I had uh, I had for you was what was the question I had for you? <laughs> My final question is we had the little epilogue where Roslyn's running the mm-hmm. meditation center. Um, what, where do you think this flash forward 10, 15 <laughs> years, where, where do you think Roslyn ends up? Um, leading her own little cult. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, that's kind of what she's building there, right? Like, yeah, I think she's, she seems manipulative enough that she'd get people, you know, working for her, doing stuff for her, whatever, and be able to like feed them what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, she says people are looking at it as a sweatshop, but clearly the people who are there, <laughs> um, they're there, right? So. Yeah being fed their low protein gruel to sap their will, you know, th- things like that. I kind of Bacon imagine. Jams. Yeah. I kind of imagine that she um she she runs afoul of of labor regulators and, yeah, and has well, to start has to start yeah. up somewhere else, but she's she's learned a lot or this is actually no, I'm not, I'm not going to share that idea because that could be a sequel, <laughs> a, assuming that uh, that this production didn't run off the listeners in droves. Um, there yeah. could be a sequel. Maybe. I mean, I almost said that she would end up in jail, but um, I I like to think that she got it all to work out for her the way she wanted. <laughs> you, you know, the, um, the the little epilogue thing, uh, her, her little paragraph there, um, there was a draft that existed for about half an hour where Rosalind didn't have a paragraph there. It was simply the narrator saying, Rosalind is currently doing 15 years for fraud in the federal penitentiary <laughs> at Terre Haute. You know, so, so that was going to be her, her, her epilogue. Mm-hmm. But um, I... Not oh, yet. Not yet. Not yet. Um, <laughs> they got to catch her first. So the only other question I have is... is do you think Rosalind should have, this is me as a writer talking. Do you think Rosalind should have had a last name? No. Okay. Cause I, I couldn't think of one. And then I ended up writing a little gag where she just sort of refuses to tell people her last name. So seems, seems I, right. Yeah. I mean, she writes under the pseudonym. She, uh, yeah, she's just Rosalind. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's just Rosalind. Um, and looking through the script, um, Seamus McIrish was in a couple places Seamus O Irish. Where you know, I I, I, didn't I kept catch thinking it. I needed to point that out to you, and then I kept forgetting until I came across it myself. So I did not a, notice it till I was a poor poor story consultant on that one. I, I was well. That's more of a script editor thing jimmy the messenger boy was doing our proofreading and, and he didn't do a very good job he was too busy screwing up those christmas invitations Sc- screwing up the, the great Christ- lakes for, lore party for, for more of that listen to the uh the monsters on the christmas tree episode of great lakes yes. lore from a few weeks ago yeah uh for for i i didn't notice it until we were actually recording that scene and 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 simpson said oh irish and i was like wait what and, and so i was like oh wow i don't know i think mick irish works better than o irish yes. those those two vowel, the sounds, two vowel thing is, yeah it doesn't bad. work very well at all 
Uh, well, Sam, thanks for yeah. uh, thanks for talking to us. Uh, where can people find you online? Um, they can. Where, uh, where are places you would like people to find you online? I do not really want to have more Facebook friends. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So check out the Great Lakes Lore account. So we're Great Lakes Lore on Instagram and Great Lakes Lore on uh, Twitter. And Facebook. And Facebook. It's very easy. Yeah. Our website is greatlakeslore.com. And um, personally, I'm on Twitter as Samantha Angle 76 So you can find and follow me there. I don't, uh, Twitter freaks me out a little bit. No, I'm not confident in my tweeting. So I don't tweet a lot, but once in a while, there's okay. some banter. There, there's some banter. There's some cookies. Cookies. Uh, there's some dog some pictures. Dog pictures. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so it's, it's a, it's a good, Sort of low stress follow on. on it Twitter. is. Yeah. <laughs> no right, drama thank- on my Twitter account. No drama. No. Thanks a lot, Samantha. Yes. Thank you. Okay. We're here with Simpson J. Hanover III, uh, one, our associate producer on The Saucer Life and uh, longtime Chizo Media consigliere. Long time. Long time. Long time. Absolutely. So, um, Simpson. This is, I believe, not your your first uh, opportunity at voice acting, but it may be the first time you've had to do, I think, three parts, three separate yeah. parts. Maybe, the- maybe so. Yeah, and I, and it's also probably the first time that more than about three people have heard my words. <laughs> yes, uh, it, it's. Uh, I, I think we we might have upwards of five listeners to awesome. <laughs> this uh, this uh, this little audio drama here. Um, so, I, I think it's safe to say that you've taken the role of Mr. Gallipoli, and honestly, over the past two decades, that's not a lie, folks, over the past two decades, mm-hmm. have made it your own. What was the inspiration? <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the inspiration? For Mr. Gallipoli. Mr. Gallipoli. Um, the voice, the deep voice. Yes. Well, I think it was mostly just that I wanted an excuse to talk like that. I just, <laughs> that's not my normal speaking voice. So dropping it down into the lower register is just kind of fun to, fun to play with it that way. And, and personality wise, I'm, I think I'm not a very confrontational person. No, so, I, I agree. Yeah, okay. so I I, I kind of liked having Mister Gallipoli be just sort of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what did you think about the story in general when you first saw the script? What did you think? So it's it's funny you would ask because um, you know back in the late nineties when we were just messing around with recording stuff for no one really except ourselves, um, we used to joke about about making a concept album <laughs> rather than an album of music. And yes. This, the, but we were always just kind of making up stuff as we, as we went along over the summer, just kind of having fun. And this, this actually is organized and, um, and creative and funny. And I, I like it. I like it. It was, it was funny. And it, I think also it's, it's nice because it ties in with a lot of topics that the saucer life has, covered you know there's there's contactee stuff in there and um but but not not too over the top it's really in a in a funny way and it just um i like it yeah i i think when i when i was writing it i wanted to do contactee stuff but i you know it's a contactee story but 
people will recognize things, I think, but they're more, they're more Easter eggs than, you know, trying to be kind of a, a straight up homage to, you know, a particular contact Easter. There's the fizzy drink thing um, from Orfeo Angelucci and sort of structurally the iterations of the story changing in various formats. That's a lot like Angelucci's and, and other contact Easter stories <laughs> as well. I think actually, you know, it's funny. I think my favorite part about this whole thing, Aaron, is that the, the aliens are here, but they're not, they're not particularly high minded and they're not particularly competent. You know, and that's like I think in in most of the contactee stories or or any alien stories, the assumption is that the aliens are either really really brilliant, br- really brilliant, or really devious, or really inspired, or something like this. And 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 in in this story, they're really just kind of like um, functionaries doing their job self-interested without any real high-minded purpose, but also without being particularly devious. They're just kind of, I, I don't know. I, I like that. It's They're, um, they're a, they're a intergalactic bureaucracy um, or yeah. interplanetary. <laughs> I never really say where Agalon is. It could be yeah. in our galaxy. It's probably <laughs> in our galaxy. I, uh, I, I assume it is. Um, it, if I would have been, I was going to say, if I would have been you know thinking about it, if I would have read the right, contactee stuff before i wrote this i would have put in you know pages and pages and pages of descriptions of the engine room you know yeah. or, 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 <laughs> right. or the equipment in the, in the in the you know mess hall or something but um i didn't really uh didn't really have that and honestly the um i don't know how i haven't put it all together yet so i don't know how long it's going to end up being but however long it is i cannot believe we actually got everybody together in various places in various ways at various times to record everything we did um which was fun by the way that was it was it was i wish we could have done more um i wish everybody involved in chizo media didn't live at least an hour away uh, (laughs) from the studio so anywhere from one to 72 hours away uh, from <laughs> well the suborbital flights to get uh jimmy the messenger boy back from the satellite you know oh, those right. are, that's, <laughs> that's a hassle but um yeah it was it was fun it, it's it's weird we, we're finishing up recording uh literally i think days before this needs to be done and we started recording i think samantha and i did the first recording of some of her scenes that then subsequently got rewritten completely and needed to be re-recorded. Um, I think in the middle of June of this year. So this project has been has been gestating for uh, for a while. Gestating, there's a word like the little chest burster things in Alien. Um, so you ever seen Alien? Oh, once and never again. It was terrible. oh, John Hurt is amazing. Yeah, good. It is good stuff though. <laughs> One more question for you, Simpson. Yeah. If the aliens contacted you mm. and wanted you to be their representative on Earth, what would you do? Well, I guess it would depend on um, on what their message was, right? If their if their uh, if their message was was positive and kind of um, something that I could get behind, <laughs> I'd probably say, sure, why not? <laughs> so so you're you're willing to be the puppet of interplanetary tyrants as long as you agree with their politics yes well you got to be a puppet of something right? <laughs> so, <laughs> as well 
this is why you're choosing media material, Simpson. I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not a creative. I'm just I'm just a functionary. <laughs> just a functionary. Well, thank you for uh, for your work on the uh, the program and for talking to us here today. It's been fun. All right, that's it until after Christmas. We'll have some more little bonus content like this, uh, probably not this long, uh, coming to you at some point in the next between now and our triumphant um, 2022 return. And as always, keep an eye on our social media channels, Twitter, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah, we're on there. YouTube, um, Facebook, Twitter at uh, Saucer Life. Just search for it and it should come up. And there are links on the website at saucerlife.com. And we will talk to you later.